Remember, uh, remember the Galaxy Fold? Do you yeah. remember that, Will? Yep. It's hard. It's hard to even remember it at this point because it's like you had all that hype and the hype is gone. There's no hype left. You know, for me at least, it's like, I mean, I'll be happy if it actually, once it actually exists, I know they said it's coming and all the rest of it, but in the meantime, I mean, it's just hard to keep, keep it rolling in your own mind as far as caring, because it's like, it's a letdown. Let's be honest. It's a letdown. What it could have been, the promise and so on. Well, here's the thing. Talk a lot on this show about that next form factor, about that next smartphone what it's going to look like be like the fold is nowhere to be found but in the meantime samsung they haven't stopped folding things hypothetically folding they're still folding in the background they're folding with the patents and we have a brand new patent emerging today i don't know if it was today maybe yesterday the galaxy z fold samsung's latest ridiculous Foldable phone patent. You know what you do, Will, when you can't make an actual folding phone? You just keep, you patent. You keep patenting every other possible folding phone. Funny enough, this one, of course, you're showing the image here. When they say Z folds, because like the shape of a Z, it's a tri-folding oh, style. And it actually kind of makes sense, this one, because with the tri-fold, you get a more narrow, one-handed functionality but then you get the tablet scale mm -hmm. when you trip when you triple it out mm -hmm. so i actually like the look of this that's just a render by let's go digital these guys are always on the latest patent that's their whole their whole thing they're like patent filing we're on it mm -hmm. we're cook up the render they look good stick the render in the up you happy with the render mm -hmm. big render guy yeah anyway so the way this works is it, the shape of a z was folded up it's as narrow as one panel within the Z. And then when it's folded out, it's got a widescreen look similar to a typical Android tablet. This patent comes through and it immediately gets me thinking about that Xiaomi folding design, which the CEO was holding or the president of the company, whoever it was. And if it was a U-shape fold, but still a triple situation, I think it was the one on the right. But the problem, the problem with that particular uh, implementation that they showed up, it was still pretty fat when it was folded up. See, look how fat that thing is. It's a weird aspect ratio. Mm. And so many manufacturers have been moving towards this, at least for standard smartphones, towards more and more narrow designs to allow the screens to scale up, but to still be functional in one hand. So maybe there's a good reason for the Z Fold patent, as they've been internally thinking about the idea of folding phones, experimenting with them, getting close, they're like, okay, maybe we'll patent, we'll file this one through. But to be clear, I mean, they have filed so many patents. You remember we recently talked, Will, about the rolling phone patent, mm. where it was going to roll up to extend the display. That was fairly recent that we spoke about that. So does it mean very much, or are they just... You know, a patent delivery design machine where they, it's just like, hey, we want to just get all this stuff out there. We'll probably never make it. I mean, that's quite possible. But this is the early stages. Almost every product starts out this way. And then and then we see what ends up happening if anything comes to fruition. It's still unfortunate we haven't seen any actual physical fold in the first version. So it makes it hard to believe that they're anywhere close on these follow-up versions. Mm -hmm. 
is probably time to just deliver the actual original fold before we start thinking about the next version. But it's always interesting if you're into these products, if you're into technology, if you're into this kind of advancement, it's interesting to think about what the current state of it is or will be soon, and then to think about possible improvements. Because I, I, when I look at this, I'm like, that, you know, you could argue that could be an improvement on the original idea. Now, granted, you get an extra hinge in there, and it turns out it was, it's the hinges that everybody's worried about. Mm. Now you got an extra hinge going on, things are moving around, dust particles. And so it could be an even bigger problem than the one they can't deliver right now. But nonetheless, I like the name. Has there been a rumored Galaxy Z ever before this? Because that, that's got a bit of a ring to it, doesn't it? Or then now, there's the first one. Originally, the Fold, people were calling the Galaxy F. Yep. Now, this, this one, it looks like the speculation. It could, if, it, if it ever existed, it could be called the Galaxy Fold Z. Or the Galaxy Z Fold. I actually just like the Galaxy Z. Yeah. To be honest. That's like, but where do you go after that? Well, after Z. <laughs> Got to go with the year names. Like 2019. Oh, okay. 20, well, that's 2020, no fun. That's no fun, Well, Yeah. You're not having fun on that. But <laughs> Z, yeah, Z is the end. It's the ultimate. Uh, maybe they could charge $3,000 for it. Who knows? Mm. Uh, Mate 30 Pro spotted in public sporting a waterfall display. Uh, this, of course, the upcoming, the next Huawei flagship device, Mate series. That's the big device. Previously, with the square cutout on the back for all the cameras, it looks like it's going to be circular this year based on case leaks that people have seen. That's the image we're talking about spotted on public public transport, I believe it was, a, what is it, a subway or a train or a bus? I don't know where that is. It looks like a, some sort of public transport. Mm -hmm. Now, this waterfall trend, it's, uh, it appears it's going to be the thing, whether, we, whether you like it or not, Will. It's going to happen because we, talk, we talked about the waterfall. They showed it off. Who showed it off? Xiaomi? Oppo. So, Oppo. Xiaomi. It's like, how does this happen? One company's like, we got the, we got the next thing. We've been in the laboratory. And then five minutes later, everyone else got the same thing. Vivo's huh? making one as Vivo's well. Vivo's got the water. I mean, everybody's got the waterfall now. So it's the next trend. You went notchless. Now you go water. You went, you try to trim the bezel. And now trimming the bezel has gotten even more aggressive where you need to go, you need a waterfall now because mm. of how aggressively we're trimming this bezel these days. And apparently, according to this report, when staring at the device from the front, you have zero perception of bezel because of how far it wraps around the edge. Mm. So it, it looks like no bezel on the sides. Of course, guy like me, old man Lou, I start thinking to myself, where do I grip the thing, Will? Where do I hold? What am I holding? Yeah. You, Inevitably, your, you know, your grip, your thumb might get in the way. I know where to put it. I mean, I can't. What am I? You got to no, use like a suction cup. I don't know what you back. do. I don't, maybe people in the future, they don't even have to touch it. It's retina scan. I mean, this person has a case on it, so I assume that's helpful, but I've talked about it. I talked about it the last time when I first saw the waterfall display concept, how it's like going back to the Samsung Edge products and all products that kind of wrap around on the side where inevitably you're going to have certain unintended touches. You're going to have certain 
Well, you go to scroll and it doesn't, it's kind of a bit wonky and then you realize your other hand is sort of touching the edge and it's being registered. It's, it works most of the time, but every so often it, it can be annoying. But I don't think that's going to matter because people are going to look at this and go, man, that looks futuristic. This is the Oppo waterfall, I suppose, that you're showing on the right-hand side. Very narrow device there. Uh, people are going to look at it and go, okay, that's the future. We've been, we've been targeting this bezel-less concept, and now we've gone a stage a step further. And so I think people are going to think it's cool regardless because it has that futuristic vibe. Uh, some other potential specs here for the Mate 30 Pro besides the waterfall screen, which apparently is going to fold 88 degrees on each side. The display characteristics, 6.7-inch AMOLED. And the side be bezels, as I mentioned before, not even visible when viewing it from the front. The camera layout, as I mentioned earlier, likely a circular cutout with, a, with plenty of camera options on the back, including a pair of 40-megapixel cameras. Of course, this is all speculation right now. Apparently, one of those cameras will employ a 1 by a 1.55-inch sensor, hmm. current sensor that's on the P30 Pro. Now, the other big piece of this puzzle with this next device is whether or not it's going to carry Android as it has in the past or if it could employ this new Harmony OS, which uh, uh, if, we, if you've been reading the news, obviously Huawei uh, claiming they could, they could do their very own OS and then kind of backtracking that and then shipping that OS or at least announcing that OS on their televisions. But then at the same time, naming it Harmony, which would seem to imply that it's going to exist across their devices. So how ready are they? It's a lot of speculation on that front. So it's possible that this device could use, I doubt it. It, but it's possible it could use this next generation OS directly from Huawei. Or maybe they could do a couple versions. Maybe they do a Harmony version of it and an Android version of it. The leaked photo from the public transit showcasing the waterfall, to me, that looks like pretty typical Android, at least from that distance. So that's what I envision happening. Uh, exciting times. More smartphones to choose from. This one looks like a big deal. 6.7-inch AMOLED. Uh what, you know what, what Huawei's been doing with the cameras? Mm -hmm. You got the waterfall. I don't think the waterfall's ever going to be for me, though, Will. Got to be honest. No, not for you. Not for me. <clears throat> what about you? I used to love it on my uh, S6 Edge um, Samsung. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought it was like a really great uh, looking phone. You were the coolest guy. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, the coolest guy around. But then using it, it was just not... You, you like had it, some of those was, missed touches. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. Unintentional. And, uh, you know, maybe like a little bit of a lip would be great, but little not. lip. This is, this is, I think it might be a little too much. You heard it here. Willie do. Unless there's like good software. He doesn't it, mess around. You know? Willie do. He doesn't mess around. He'll tell you how it is, what it is, how it is, when it is, where it is. Yeah. All of the above. Well done. Anyway, whether you like it or not, the waterfalls are coming. Yeah. They're coming. Hot and heavy. We'll see. Remember we made that video about that little tiny phone, the Palm phone, mm. the latest one? It was like originally supposed to be a companion for your current phone, and then it was a Verizon exclusive, and they're like, this is the weekend phone. It's the phone you use when you're sort of detoxing, when you want to be on your phone less because the screen is so tiny and it fits in your pocket or purse. or whatever. 
when it came out, it was way too expensive for the way they were pitching it. Like, do people really have 300 bucks for this uh, complimentary secondary phone? 350 when it launched? Uh, although it had been on sale for around 199 But still, even there, it was kind of hard to imagine it as this extra phone, this phone that goes with your phone. It was cool to see. It was like, wow, this is a tiny little fun little thing. And uh, when I played with it, I actually thought the quality was kind of nice. It was, it was tough to type on, which was kind of the proposition that they're like, well, it's a detox phone. Like you just, you can type on it, but we don't want you to sit on it all day. We don't want you to be addicted to it or whatever it might be. And the same thing goes for the way that the Android skin operated. It wasn't much of a skin, but it was just all very simplified. Well, I think that originally the price was too high for, for it to have any degree of success in my opinion. Uh, but now there's this uh, development in the, in the story of this tiny little palm phone. Apparently, you can get one now for five bucks a month on a brand new through a brand new partnership with U.S. Mobile budget carrier in the U.S. Previously, it was Verizon exclusive. Uh, U.S. Mobile is one of these uh, secondary style networks that's working on the backbone of pre-existing networks. So it's powered by Verizon and T-Mobile. And for five bucks a month, you get a very basic plan for it. But here's what I'm thinking, Will. If you're a uh, digital detox type, do you know what I'm saying? If you're, a, if you're trying to disconnect a little bit, if you want a more simplified smartphone life, and that's the proposition of this Palm device, then maybe you could actually get by with this base level plan as well. So here's how it works. It's called Palm Light. It's five bucks a month. It gives you 60 minutes of calls, 200 texts, and 200 megabytes of data. So it's very, very limited. But it, I think it's intentionally limited. Like, I think that kind of overall proposition makes sense for a device like that. Was that you at the UFC <laughs> event right there, Will? Wow, what are you showcasing right now? What, kind of, uh, what a throwback that I was. I don't even... Holy moly. I don't even... See how it starts, to, it starts to come together where you're like, okay, now maybe there's a point for this phone for certain users who don't need that much, non-power users, people who really want to disconnect. I think the product and the marketing was a bit confused in the beginning. It was like, we know you have a phone. Here's a phone for your phone. And that was the story of the thing when it first came out. Yeah. And that's just a weird way to sell it. But this over here now, you're like, Oh, it's a phone for people who don't really want a full-on smartphone lifestyle, but still need to open maps here and there. Yeah. But still need to hit a text here and there. Now, I should also mention there are other plans as well. You can spend a few more bucks. You can get, look at, for 10 bucks a month, 250 minutes of calls, 1,000 texts, and one gig of data. 10 bucks a month. Hmm. So it's all of a sudden kind of interesting. And I guess they give you the phone... Uh, anyway, in included in those deals. So now you're talking about something compelling for a little, the little phone that could, you know, the little engine that could? Yeah. It's the little Palm phone that could. Mm. It might have a shot. I, I mean, it's still in a limited functionality. You know, type of people watch this show, Will. Type of people watch this show, they're like, what are you talking about 200 megabytes? People that watch this show, what are you talking about one gigabyte? People watch this show. Yeah. They want heavy, heavy data use. Guy like you, Will. Of course. What do you got? Unlimited? It's 4K all the time. 4K, straight 5G, straight to the top. Yeah. 
that's you. Okay. Well, I can appreciate that too, but I'm just saying it's kind of it's kind of cool that this thing has a second shot at it. Mm. Uh CEO OnePlus has confirmed OnePlus 7T Pro 5G. You see what you see all that, Will? That's a name. Give, give me a give me a run back on that. OnePlus 7T Pro 5G. <laughs> kind of feels good actually saying that. It rolls off the tongue. It's a lot of words. It's a lot of letters. stuff. It's a lot of words. Well, anyway, it's crazy. We're hot off the release of the OnePlus 7 Pro, which is in my pocket. I'm going to switch to... Well, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to switch to, but I'm going to switch uh, today, probably. Today or tomorrow. Palm phone. Today or Monday, I should say. Uh, no, not Palm phone. How dare you? But anyway, hot hot off the release of the OnePlus 7, here, here we got Pete Lau, CEO of OnePlus, saying, Hey! We're not resting. What you think? We're napping? What well, what you think? We're eating popcorn? Nah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're back to the next. You yeah. thought the popcorn was I, funny? No, I'm just wondering like the Do you ever eat popcorn, Will? <laughs> yes. It's delicious. Caramel? You do you actually eat popcorn or are you just being nice? Yeah, Chicago mix. Bro, Look at on. you. Good man. <laughs> You're a decent guy, Will. Yeah, it's great. What do you got? You want to say something? You're all fired up over there. No, you know You're the T series. Is it uh, more popular than the regular ones? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if they've released those figures specifically, but it's to me this announcement here. Okay, they don't. He doesn't go into too much detail other than saying, "Look, we're committed to five G. Five G is the future, and uh, we're already planning our very next five G phone, which is going to be better than our current one." As far as the seven T is concerned, is I mean, it's pretty much all that he says about it. Uh, be, beyond confirming that it's going to be coming out. In the in the you know alongside the regular schedule with, with what they would normally do with their T series devices, mm -hmm. T series, see that T series. Uh, but for me, the reason I picked this story is because it kind of highlights how crazy fast the smartphone marketplace is moving right now. Like we're sitting there, we're goofing on it, we're talking about like uh, folding phones, and and we're just casually saying, okay, here comes the Mate 30 uh, series and so on, and it's like. Here's a company that has a wildly successful device, their most successful device ever, the 7 Pro, and it, it's barely out there, and, he, and here we're talking about the 7T Pro. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. And, you know, the other part of it is I look at the 7 Pro, and I'm like, this phone has pretty much everything to satisfy me. Yeah. Like, it really, it's all there. Mm -hmm. So, it's bezel-less display. It's, I, I hardly use the front-facing camera, not, a, not an like issue what, to me. It's like, 90 hertz? 90 hertz. You got the fastest OLED going on. It's a great time, this phone. What? I, this is a serious thing. I'm like, what are they going to do to improve it for the 7T version? Like, imagine being in those meetings and figure out what can we add here. Yeah. It's got QHD plus resolution. Uh, you know, it's got the in-screen fingerprint, fingerprint display. It's got good battery life. Like, I just, I'm, it's really tough to figure it out. I mean, cameras, the cameras, maybe they can improve. But they, you know, on the Android side, it seems like a big part of the camera performance is software-based because whenever I load the, the Google camera app from the Pixel series onto these OnePlus devices, it all of a sudden performs better. So mm -hmm. it seems more like a software thing, to be honest. Warp charge, unbelievable. Use it all the time. Super fast charging. It's like, it's so, it's hard, it's hard now. to, And I think this is part of the reason why we always, why we continue to talk about the softening sort of fatigue within the smartphone marketplace is the fact that, I mean, a lot of it has to do with this factor right here. It's like, geez, man, 
how many people really feel compelled to upgrade, particularly when they end up with a device like this, the one that I'm currently, and I'm not suggesting that seven pro users are going to go buy a 7T Pro. That's crazy. Obviously, it's probably not going to be that much of an advancement, but it's like the pace, it's almost like the pace of development is outpacing demand now. Mm -hmm. Things were getting things delivered so quickly and so fine-tuned that now it's like you can't drum up enough demand for these incremental improvements. Now, obviously, there are certain markets where the smartphone uh, marketplace is less mature. You still got enough users who are going to jump into these new releases, possibly. But eventually, I think that fatigue sets in everywhere. And people have great phones that they hold on to for a longer period of time. But nonetheless, nobody's slowing down because as the competition goes up, so does the rate at which you have to keep pace. Yeah. So it's a crazy, it's a crazy pace to it. Well, what are the chances of them bringing the price down? No, I don't see it. Happen. No, it hasn't right. happened yet. There's no been no release where the price went down so far. Yeah, that would be a. In fact, huge in fact, surprise. I feel like OnePlus is really embracing its premium status. I saw them. I don't know if it was Pete or or it might have been uh, Carl, tweeted out like number one premium brand in India. Yeah. Like I think they, I think that. If you can become premium, you do. But you're right to a certain extent, Will. You're right to the extent that it's like, can you really give up on the whole budget end, which was the origin story of the brand? Mm -hmm. they, they may have to have a two-product release situation in general where, where one phone is not enough. And I guess that's what, the, what happened with the Pro series because mm -hmm. there was a standard OnePlus 7 yep. they kept in, for certain markets mm -hmm. that needed it. And I know some people were upset, even in the Western markets, that didn't get the standard OnePlus 7 because they were like, I don't want to spend on the Pro version. Yeah. I want to have that option. So we'll see what they do. Could there be two versions of the T series? It's possible. You could see that. And they may have to do that going forward. Two different options. Because mm -hmm. they've gone super premium. Apple may completely change the naming scheme for its next iPhones. Uh, I, it's not just Apple, man. It's like... It's like every smartphone company is running into issues with their naming schemes. It's like they're running out of ways to phrase all these different models they're offering. And Apple didn't even offer that many models, but they're already bumping into issues. Like, for example, the 10R. Everyone's trying to figure out what does the R stand for? How do, I, how do you describe it to people? Like, nah, get the 10R. I mean, to, to like an average customer, what does the R mean? What is the... Like S was hard enough to follow at one point when you had like, let's say the iPhone 6S. Okay, you got three things to remember. iPhone 6 and S. Cool, got it. And you knew that the S was the newer version of the 6 right away. And I think they said, what was it? S was speed or speed, whatever it stood for because it was generally a, a spec bump, the S model. But now, once you went to iPhone 10, which, by the way, people still call X. They don't even say 10. The other day, I'm getting ice cream, Will. I'm out getting ice cream. Is that all right with you? Like a regular guy. Yeah, I'm getting, yeah. Is that all right with you? Never thought you would. No. I, hey. I'm getting ice cream. What kind of ice cream? Uh, what did I get? I think I got, uh, ice, I got an ice cream sandwich. Okay, classic. But it was, but it was like a, it was like a nice, it was like a fancier ice cream sandwich. So the two cookies had a bit of a crunch to it. It wasn't oh, okay. soft. 
Now, granted, I, the soft one, I'll put in the freezer. It's no problem. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying this was an upgrade. So I felt special for a minute. Mm -hmm. I had a, a soft serve on the inside of the two. And it was good. Anyway, there over in the distance, as I exit the place, there is a huge group of like probably, I don't know, 13-year-old girls. There's probably like 20 of them. I don't know if they're having a birthday party. I don't know what's going on. But they're snapping photos like crazy. Like just pow, pow, pow. Like they just, it's second nature. Mm. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just there eating my ice cream sandwich as I would do, minding my business as I would do. And I overhear, no, don't take the photo on that phone. Use the iPhone X. Somebody grab the iPhone X for the photo. Yeesh. I don't think I did a good enough job of a 12-year-old uh, girl's voice there, but... Very hoarse. Yeah, yeah today's not my day for that uh, impression. Yeah. But I was overhearing it. I'm like, man, two things were interesting to me. They knew that the iPhone was going to give them a better photo, and that was what mattered to them. They, they whatever, based on their experience, they're like, that's going to make me look beautiful, one. And two... They called it X, which I think so many people do, just regular average customers. They don't what they see an X. They don't see a Roman numeral 10. Stop it. Like humans aren't operating that way. So anyhow, what you end up with in these new in the in the naming convention, once you got to XS, XR, and XS Max, which is where we're at right now. X, imagine that. Now you not gotta remember iPhone, X, S, Max. That's the one I want, mom and dad. Get me that one for my birthday. It's just, it gets kind of out of hand. So they're trying to, I guess they're trying to fix it up, but I don't know how much they're going to fix it up. This particular document suggests that we're going to end up like this. The iPhone XR will become the iPhone 11. Okay, so the budget popular LCD version of the iPhone becomes the standard version of the iPhone. The iPhone 11 that most people will end up buying because it's easy to follow. Okay, that's the new iPhone, the iPhone 11. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Then the iPhone 10s becomes the iPhone 11 Pro. So forget about S. No one knew what it meant. No one cared. Put the Pro on there like almost everyone else is doing in the game and indicate to people that now you're going to get OLED and you're probably going to get an extra camera or whatever whatever other spec bump iPhone 11 Pro. Now this is this this is the squirreliest one, well. When you get up to the big boy, you're going to be looking at the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Mm. <laughs> Imagine Jack, I'm like, "Hey man, which phone you got?" You're like, "This is the iPhone 11 Pro Max." I'm like, "Jeez, take it easy, Jack." Why are you grinding your teeth? Why are you talking to me like that with your jaw clenched? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, never mind if you have to mention the color. I'm currently using the rose gold iPhone 11 Pro Max. I'm like, geez, what got into you, Jack? 256. What, what got into you, Jack? Yeah, Pro Max. I don't know. It's a report as it stands right now. This is coming via 9 to 5 Mac. Mashable posted. I think it originally started on iPhone Soft, which was a French, uh, a French iPhone site, Apple site. So look, it's speculation at the moment. I don't know that it's great. I like the fact that you could just have a regular iPhone 11, and everything gets weird after that. With the whole, I don't. I think I don't like the word Max. Like, maybe I prefer Plus to Max. Pro to, Plus. 
Pro Plus. It's bigger. But but then again, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. You start thinking about this stuff. I guess then you would have iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, and iPhone 11 Pro Plus. And maybe you could just use the plus symbol. So yeah, I don't know. So it's less of a big deal. They obviously thought about it. They're Apple. They're smarter than us. Will they're uh, they're counting a few more dollars than we are on the daily on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So who are we to tell them? But uh, nonetheless, it could be a change in the naming convention on the next version of the of devices, and uh, we're gonna, we're going to find out real soon. Uh, speaking of new Apple devices, Trump's tariffs are going to start hitting Apple products on September first which is actually quite soon, obviously, <laughs> if you're watching. September 1st coming right up. Now, it was kind of confusing because apparently there was a bit of a delay, a pause button uh, uh, that, was, that was hit by Trump on certain products from Apple, including the iPhone, where there was going to be a two-month window where they're like, we're going to give you a break. We're not going to implement this thing immediately. And, and the stock market loved that. They were like, okay, thank God. It's not going to hurt sales of Apple products, or it's not going to hurt, I should say, Apple's bottom line, because presumably Apple would absorb that tariff cost immediately, possibly before or maybe in the absence completely of passing that tariff cost on to the customer. We're not really sure how that would necessarily work out. But as far as the stock market's concerned, that tariff is just value moving toward moving to the government and away from the company they're invested in. Mm. So that can't be good for them. So this two-month thing, this two-month window, uh, Wall Street liked that, those that were interested in Apple. So in addition to iPhones, other Apple products are also benefiting from that tariff delay, including MacBooks, iPads, iPod Touch, Apple TV, Apple Pro Display, keyboards, and wired headphones. They're also on that pause button. But... The tariff that's coming in September 1st will affect a range of Apple products, including desktop Macs, Apple Watch, AirPods, and all wireless Beats headphones, and the HomePod. So where things get interesting for me is what happens, where do they make up this cost? Do they try to keep their same profit margin and say, look, you're just going to pay 10% more for these products? and it just shows up in the suggested retail price, or that they bite down, that they eat it, and say, look, we're going we're gonna to chew into our own profit margin. It's hard to say. It's hard to know. You have to assume that they would, they would love to take no extra hit and pass it on to customers, but you wonder how practical that is on products that already have uh, well-established retail prices out there, like AirPods. Like, can you just put up the price of AirPods now? That would be weird. I wouldn't think that they would do that. So maybe on upcoming devices, they would consider that if these tariffs remain in place. The other interesting one for me that stood out was desktop Macs, because of course they, they announced that new crazy expensive Mac Pro, mm -hmm. which is a desktop Mac. And 10% 10 extra on a big number is also a big number. So if you go up to like some of those, what could you spec out that new Mac Pro to? Uh, 20 grand? 20, it was like 20, 20 grand or something. Like 10% of 20 grand. That's a lot. That's a big difference. That's a big extra. So it's interesting. We're going to see how it all plays out. We're going to see how long it lasts for. But as of right now, it's uh, it's going into place and it's starting September 1st. We got like, we, you got like two more weeks. Yeah. 
to to order up that desktop Mac. I guess can you pre-order it? I don't even know if you could pre-order it. Anyway, I also heard that uh, this statement happened yesterday. I don't know if it has to do with like tariffs and stuff, but Apple says it supports 2.4 million U.S. jobs. Hmm. Just as a way of saying like, hey, you know, we're, nudge, we're U.S. Like, yeah, yeah, we're. we're Ease up, Trump. We're yeah, we're we're, we're we're hiring lots of people here in the U.S. Ease up. I mean, when it, it's a weird way to say it. Supports 2.4 million users. Does that mean they employ 2.4 million people, or they're saying like, oh, directly and indirectly responsible? Yeah. Okay, so they're saying a whole ecosystem around Apple yeah. supports that number. It's a big number, no doubt about it. It's a big number. But I know Trump was still angry that none of the manufacturing was happening in. The U.S. and interestingly enough, I mentioned the Mac Pro. That was the one product which was actually assembled in Texas, the previous version, mm -hmm. the trash can Mac. And then Apple was like, "Nah, forget that. We're going back to China for the next version." So, I think that's what Trump would really like to see. At least that's what I've heard or read about. Uh, but it's true. Obviously, Apple contributing crazy amounts of of revenue, cra crazy amounts of uh, economic well-being to the. United States, no doubt about it. No one's, no one's, uh, no, no one's disputing that. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, they're saying app-related jobs total 1.9 million. So that's a big, that's a big, big part of 2.4 million total. Mm -hmm. So I wonder how they're figuring out what what's considered to be an app-related job. Like, I guess if you have a company dependent on the Apple App Store, you're now kind of indirectly. Yeah. Apple certified like repair shop or something. I mean, but that would be small comparative. Like, what if they're saying, hey, small, yeah. everyone who works on the Spotify app for iPhone yeah. in the US is indirectly supported by Apple? Yeah. Like, they, that's a weird way you could get to this number. I'm not saying that's what they've done here, but uh, the app related stuff busts out into such a uh, yeah. complicated and so, sort of uh, nuanced list there. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, you remember we were talking the other day about Tesla working on those self-driving trucks to deliver goods and how they were going to fill out some orders and they wanted the trucking business to be self-driving, self autonomous. Well, it turns out it's already happening, but not with Tesla. Mm. So UPS has been delivering cargo in self-driving trucks for months now and no one knew about it, according to Gizmodo. Now, their trucks look normal. They look like normal trucks, but they have the hardware installed to allow them to be autonomous. And if you didn't know what you were looking for, the side of the truck, it says two on it. Too Simple is the name of the company. And they're a startup. They've been carrying mail across the state of Arizona for several weeks. And UPS announced on Thursday that it has made a minority investment in this company and that they've already been hauling UPS loads between Phoenix and Tucson in these self-driving trucks. And you can actually see there's some footage here. Will's showing a video uh, of this truck in action. Now, for the time being, obviously UPS, a big, big employer of drivers and trucking in general, big employer of drivers across North America. Uh, what they're showcasing right now in the self-driving department is still a manned, like a manned vehicle. You still, the truck driver's still sitting there and watching the steering wheel as the thing sort of autonomously drives itself. Now, the way they sort of talk about these things is in the various stages. You have different stages of autonomy. As it stands right now, what you're looking at in this video is 
a nine camera, two LIDAR system inside of this truck and still with a person sitting behind the wheel manning it. But the partnership states that Too Simple is helping UPS understand how to get to a level four autonomous driving. And that level four is where things get real interesting because at that point, the vehicle is fully autonomous, uh, able to reach a particular location, and it doesn't need anybody behind the wheel. So that's some next level. Level four is the level where things get really weird and big giant trucks are on the road without humans. Yeah, that's the final stage. That's the final stage. <clears throat> that's the final boss. What's Tesla at? Like, uh, I think two or three or something? I don't know where Tesla's at right now. Uh, you mean with the truck or with, the, with their car? Just their regular oh, car. Oh, their regular car. You can check. As far as when, we, when I drove, it's just on the highway only. It can't get you all the way to the destination. Tesla vehicles are not considered fully autonomous level four. Tesla vehicles are level, level two, yeah. So advanced driver assistance systems. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, now, it's controversial, obviously, because uh, as we've talked about in the past on this show, this profession employs a large number of people uh, driving, truck drivers and so forth. And when you start talking about autonomous, completely autonomous, removing individuals from the vehicles completely, you're talking about a huge change to the bottom line for a company like UPS that, that can, doesn't have to pay these salaries anymore. But you're also talking about a lot of people potentially out of work that currently do this task. And you, you sort of wonder how people are going to respond and react. And then, and then on, the, on the far end of it, you, you think about just being a, a, an average citizen and whether you're okay with the idea of these giant trucks driving beside you with nobody in the driver's seat. Level four autonomy. Now, for the record, you read this article here, it's not, they didn't put a time on it. They didn't say, hey, this is going to be tomorrow. The way it's, it's, it's being described here is that, that the, this startup is going to help UPS understand how to get to level four. Mm. But the fact that they're currently doing these deliveries with autonomy and they're seeing improvements, by the way, they, uh, they're able to cut the average cost of shipping by 30% in these autonomous vehicles. They're more efficient. You know, they, they're, not, they're less braking and, you know, human stuff, Will. Mm -hmm. They just they got it all mapped out and figured out. And you know how that goes in, in corporate America when you say, hey, you come into the boardroom, guy like you, with a, your, you have the shirt with the collar, but you have two simple over here. And you come in and you say, how would you, uh, how would you guys like to save... 30% in your bottom line next year. Yeah. It's starting right now. Huh? And then I have like this billboard and then it's, all it says is efficiency. Yeah! And the arrow going up. Yeah. Everyone's no, no, talking. no. It's the squiggly line going up yeah, and just yeah. pointing. It's, it's just, it goes straight to the top. I just point to it. Everyone claps. Yes. How'd you like me to add 30% to your bottom line right now? I want to send you in a meeting like that, Will. But anyway, you know how that goes. It's not a tough sale. You tell people that's what you're going to deliver. And the, the board of directors get together. They go, in fact, me, let's mm -hmm. go for it. So anyway, it's an interesting time. It's crazy. They're already doing it. If you're in Arizona and you see one of these trucks, yeah, there's a guy sitting there, but he ain't touching the steering wheel. That's pretty wild. Sorry, I just want to take note. Like uh, level four is uh, almost there. There's a level five, which uh, I think is full automation and doesn't require a steering wheel. So that's like max. No steering wheel in the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. 
Look at Willie Do adding context. It's unbelievable. Well, this yeah, this is really interesting. This site. I I, I think you just hit a home run. You knocked this one out of the park. You know. You just went one layer deeper. Synopsis.com. If you guys want to read up on it, but yeah, there's yeah. levels to it, and they have a uh, terminology. Oh no, there might be six levels here. Six oh, level. There's a level zero, which counts as like a number. So level oh, five. Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Can okay. be a level six. Gotcha. Anyways. Uh, this, there was a dude who was caught, Will, man caught on highway playing Pokemon Go on eight phones. Mm. Now I know, I know Vin likes this type of story because he's a big Pokemon Go guy. Anytime somebody gets caught playing Pokemon Go, he thinks it's hilarious. Well, I didn't even know people were still playing this game. Will, I thought, no, the hype, I remember the hype when it came out. I remember. But still going. They're still, it's still going. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, it's still going. Oh, yeah. Do you know anyone in real life that's playing this game? Uh, maybe Kirk? Uh, Get out of no, here. No. Kirk is still playing Pokemon Go? Sorry, Kirk. <laughs> I don't know. Let me tell you something. Not a lot of when, when it was When it was at its peak, it was wild, man. Everybody in the street, everyone's looking at their phone. No one, it was crazy. Well, yeah. for this guy, this dude on the highway... It's still crazy. He was in Washington, and he was on a on the side of a very busy highway, State Route 518 near the airport. <laughs> and Trooper Rick Johnson, well, the Washington State Patrol, he uh, he pulled up alongside it because it's unusual to see a car parked on the side of a busy highway. And when he approached, he noticed these eight devices sitting on it and look it looks like he's got a special contraption with cutouts for each phone he's got like a a grid that the phones fit in so he can be actively playing them all on the passenger seat this guy and so he's got the eight phones laid out and they're all logged into pokemon going to sergeant walks up he's like what are you up to man what's going on here on the side of a busy highway and broad daylight like, what has to happen in your life, Will, that this ends up, this is what, like, like if I imagine, Will, I see you on the side of the road, and I'm like, hey, that's Willie Do. Let me go check on him. And you're doing something like this. What should I do? What should my response, do I need to, like, do you need help? Do I have to talk to some people? Um, you would probably have to drive away because I would have to defend these Pokemon uh, oh, is that how it works? Things. Yeah, you have to defend your Pokemon area. So you would just scream at me, get out of here, I don't need your help. I apologize, I don't know the term, but yeah, you're supposed to battle other people. Right, okay. And defend your... But why is he on the side of the highway? Can you tell me that? I think there's like a spot there that uh, either is there has to be like a rare Pokemon that he has to catch, or he has to like... Wow. Be there for other people to battle them. well my my uh the reason i'm saying that my so, brother loves this story is because a while back he sent me this story of this guy in a nearby neighborhood who was driving around in circles in like a mercedes or a bmw or something yeah. and the cops and the cops were in the helicopter and they're like we don't know what this guy's up to oh. because he was going around within this neighborhood in circles they're like it's got to be a criminal he's looking to do some trouble right now because it was so sporadic and unusual the behavior they hadn't seen it before. I think it was on city news. And so the cops got the helicopter on the guy. And then you, you can hear the call. They actually published the phone call or the, I guess the radio uh, transmission between the cops. They're like, we got a, 
uh, presumably the man is, uh, he, he says he's playing Pokemon Go, sir, uh, sergeant, whatever it might be. And so it's, it's obviously not the first time. This type of stuff happened all over the world. And I mean, it's an interesting topic in the sense that they hide these things all over the real world. And look, here's a guy playing in a car right here. Number, world's number one Pokemon Go player. Yeah, he has like a crazy regimen. I watched this video like uh, a year ago. It's uh, so you got a lot of people driving around trying just to play stand around, and uh, they catch Pokemon. I just thought people weren't doing it anymore. That's just what I thought, but apparently not. Mm -hmm. This guy is still into it, and he's going hundred uh, percent. He's going hundred percent after it still, and uh, he's on the side of the highway. Anyway, uh, last one for me. Did you hear? You heard about this vehicle called the Kitty Hawk Flyer? Did you remember that? It's like a boat, a boat plane, drone-looking thing that you actually sit in. Okay. And, I mean, it looks super cool. And, you know, it's kind of like as if, cool. I, I, guess you, I guess you have to take off and land mm. on water, which limits it in a way to how, where, where you would, who would own one of these. You have to have access to water, obviously. But you see it in the air. That looks futuristic. Does that look cool to you, Will, or what? Yeah. Yeah, it's personal, you know? I don't know. You might you go can't have it. a lot of those, like... Uh, up there at around. the same time, over yeah. the lake at the same time. Yeah, yeah it could get it's dangerous. It's kind of dangerous, but it's kind of cool if you have a lot of money to spend and you have, like, a giant lake. Yeah, why not? I mean, everybody's got a jet ski. I mean, you yeah. take it a step further, all of a sudden you're flying around. Anyway... Uh, there's some news here. Apparently, it has now flown over 25,000 times. Mm. And uh, it's actually got some legit backing. The company is led by former Google self-driving car visionary Sebastian Thrun. And uh, he's pretty happy that they flew it 25,000 times. No no problems. Nobody, uh, nobody killed. Nobody hurt. And so on. It's one of two aircrafts that they're working on, including... Uh, an autonomous taxi that they're also working on. So they're interested in the uh, autonomous aspect, potential aspect as well. They claim, Will, that this Kitty Hawk flyer, that anyone with zero experience can learn to fly it in 15 minutes. Oh. Now, now, that's a very short period of time, and I don't know if it makes you nervous. It makes me kind of nervous. We should get one at the studio. Imagine giving somebody that, <laughs> giving anyone one of those within 15 minutes. Like, someone's got to slam it and slam their yeah. heads into the lake. I don't know. Right in there. That said, with all those propellers on it, kind of like a drone or whatever, it looks like it's doing a lot of the work to maintain the balance and to kind of keep things in order. I don't know. The way it looks when it's flying, it looks pretty sturdy. But, Amy, nonetheless, you got these propellers spinning super fast. Sure, someone can get hurt. So, anyhow, this is a feat for them in the right direction. And, uh, and 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 maybe it's a an indication that we're closer than we than we think when it comes to. Would you consider that a flying car? No. No, nah, it's a flying boat, I guess. You got to park it in the parking lot. I okay, so it's a flying boat, but, but it's one step. Impressive. It's one step closer to a flying car, which was promised to us. Yep. I don't know if you remember, it was promised to us once upon a time. Would you fly this? Yeah, I give it a shot. Okay. I don't think I'd buy one because it's only a matter of time. I'm, I'm going to talk to these guys. Oh, okay. Let them, yeah. See what's up. <laughs> Tell, let, get me, let me fly one of those. Anyway, that's it for me. What do you got? You got any uh, hot stories, Will? Okay. Well, speaking of flying, um, we, uh, 
we have a Tokyo hotel that has a flight simulator in it. Hmm. If you decide to rent this room, <laughs> which is uh, right next to the Hanada Airport, hmm. uh, you can actually rent it uh, and have flying lessons. Wow. So, <laughs> For the record, everyone, we're not so, talking about a flight simulator like you put on a VR headset. We're talking about a... This like is a, a full-on... A, 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 a realistic cockpit. Yep. yep. It's massive. And it's, it's as big as the hotel room. Yep, it's in your room. The bed is literally right beside the the cockpit. And uh, you can actually hire a pilot and uh, you can co-fly it. Co-pilot it? I right. Oh, I see the simulator aspect. So where the windows would normally be, this is like a high-end flight simulator, yeah. where, the, where the windows would normally be, they're screens, and like the aspect ratio, everything's lined up perfectly, so it looks like you're looking out I mean, it's it's a high end yeah. simulator. Now they say you can stay there for two hundred and thirty two bucks a night, and you can hire an instructor for ninety minute block uh, for two seventy five. You know what? And that's he can not, teach you how to fly. That's not terrible. It's not bad. Wow, not something I would expect to see at a hotel. No. Uh, the, when you look at the picture here, the whole thing feels very odd because it would be tough to relax in the bed next to that. Yeah. I mean, it's just very aggressive. It's just crashing into a mountain. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's, very, it's just very aggressive to sleep in a bed next to it. I just feel like there's heat coming off it and, and some of those gauges got to be humming and buzzing. But <laughs> but alert. that said, alert while you're sleeping. if you're an aviation enthusiast, that could be a cool experience. Mm -hmm. Couple of yen, pay a couple yen to stay there. Couple Plus, you're at the terminal, so there's an aviation aspect because you're you're at the airport. Like it's an it's a hotel, it's an airport hotel. Mm -hmm. So every time you think you, you thought of everything, all you have to do is go to Japan. Yep. And and it's some something they bring it up like a different bar. It's like it's something you didn't uh, think there was any need for at all, and you're like, oh okay. Well done. Normal hotel room and then a cockpit. Yeah, I just put, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's right. That's right. It's, it's worth noting that the hotel room is incredibly normal. It's not like the whole thing feels like a theme park. The rest of the hotel yeah. room is, is just like every other hotel room in the hotel. Then it's just got the cockpit as well. And it's not for kids either, the cockpit. It's yeah. literally a legit cockpit. Yeah. So it's pretty wild. There's that. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, as usual. We saw it all. We said it all. There's no words left. Uh, 25,000 times the Kitty Hawk is, uh, is going to be the future of flying cars. Very exciting. Pokemon Go still exists. UPS further along with self-driving uh, trucks than we would have imagined. Trump tariffs about to hurt the bottom line on your brand new $20,000 Mac Pro. Uh, get ready for the iPhone 11 Pro Max because Jack's going to have one and he's only going to speak to you through his teeth with his jaw clenched once he gets one. OnePlus is not slowing down. The 7T is about to replace your 7 Pro, 7T Pro, and then now your iPhone, your, your OnePlus 7 Pro is obsolete as of today, unfortunately. The Palm phone still exists. Huawei's got the waterfall going on. And the story off the top, the Samsung Galaxy Z is your futuristic tri-folding smartphone that will never happen, at least probably not anytime soon. 
It's another episode. It's another day. Have a great time. Have a nice weekend. Go outside.